0: Be'ez HaShem, Sefer Shemais, Sefer Shemais, Sefer Geula, Parashah Shemois I do want to mention, just as a not really Sefer Shemois just a to the Sheh, that um, I am going to be in, in America in a few weeks' time, and we are looking for locations for the Parashah she when I'm there. So anybody that, um, that's listening, that is nageya to hosting one of the Parashah Shem in America... Whether it be New York, whether it be Chicago, Miami, L.A., Toronto, whatever, somewhere around that, uh, those areas. They should send an email in aw at drog.net.il, And all you guys will be able to, Be'ez HaShem, continue listening to the Shuram on the app. which should be downloaded, or should be on the app every single week, HaShem, for those that have the app. For those that even know that there is an app. Okay. Seyf HaShemai, Seyf gola here we go. We spoke last time about the difference and the cutoff between Sefer Bereshis and Sefer Shemais. Klali Yisrael are going down to Mitzrayim or in Mitzrayim. The Avoida, the work is starting to happen and Klali Yisrael are feeling the pressure. We also know that Moshe Rabbeinu is born. Moshe Rabbeinu comes up over here. And we're going to discuss a little bit about Moshe Rabbeinu. So... Let's read a little bit about the Pasuk, about how Moshe Rabbeinu comes, enters the scene. Perik base Pasuk Yudalav. Beginning of Shlishi. V'hi b'yam imaheim, V'yigdal Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu grows up, V'yetzel Ochiv, Moshe Rabbeinu goes out to his brothers, Vayar b'sibloisam, V'yar ish mitzri maki ish ivri meochav, he sees one hitting the other. What's going on? What's all this aboidu about? What's all this hitting about? Vayifen ko'vachai looks around. Vayar ke'en ish. There's nobody around. Vayachas And he buries him in the sand. So Rashi over here. On Pasegut Where it says, Vayar besibloisam. Says Rashi, what does that mean? What exactly did Moshe Rabbeinu see? He went out to visit his brethren. He went out to see all his brothers, see how they're doing. And he sees what? Says Rashi, Nosan Einov V'liboy Liyos Meitzah Aleyem. both said, these are big words. These are big words with very big ramifications, hopefully, in our own personal lives. Again, Nosan Moshe Rabbeinu didn't just go out and see how clearly Saul was suffering but he gave his heart tzaleim, to be stressed among them to be part of them now we have to understand let's put things into perspective Moshe Rabbeinu was brought up in royalty the palace parai, the most powerful man in the entire world, with servants feeding him, serving him, doing everything he wanted. There's a Posik later on, where the Pasuk says, Moshe Benu wanted to know, what was it, that caused Klal Yisrael, to go into this problem? What was it that caused Klal Yisrael, to have the Golis, to enter the Gaulas, to be in this situation? Says the Pasuk, in Pasuk Yudalid unbelievable, now I know, now I understand says Rashi, and Rashi explains what's the pshat? Rashi says, because Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to know what caused Halal soul to be involved in the Shibud Mitzrayim what did they do to deserve such a punishment and says Moshe Rabbeinu, now I understand. Now it's clear to me why Chal Yisrael on Mitzrayim. And as Chazal explained in two simple words, Lashon Hora. The Chet that they did, the Averit that they did to deserve going down to Mitzrayim and working hard for all those years was the Chet of Lashon Hora. And now, says Moshe Rabbeinu as Rashi explains, now I understand. It's all because of that. Now we have to understand. This is what Chazal tells us. This is what the Torah is telling us. What's going on? Why is this the aside of Golis? Why is this the aside of Klal Yisrael being affected in such a deep manner? Moshe Rabbeinu is sent to be the Shliach. To bring Klal Yisrael out of Golis. And Rabbi say if we can understand for a few moments. Why? Why, particularly Moshe Rabbeinu was chosen to be the Goyel, to be the Redeemer of Klal Yisrael? What mitzvah did Moshe Rabenu have more than anybody else? Then perhaps, maybe we can understand what we have to do to be zecher to our own personal gola That's the question. Why did they deserve this? Chazal tell us lashon hara. What is lashon hara? What does it mean to speak lashon hara? Lashon hara means to speak badly in a negative manner against somebody else. What does it mean? You know what it means? And the Chabad Kaim says this. He says, you want to feel good about yourself? There's one easy way. There's a hard way and that is to work on yourself. You know, you work on yourself to become the best person. Ah, then you're great. You've re- you know, you've risen up. But there's a much easier way, you know that is? To put somebody else down. When you put somebody else down, you automatically rise up. That is in a nutshell, says the Chovitz Chaim, is Losh and Hora. And that's exactly what's going on over here. That's what Chal Yisroel over here was suffering from, is because that's what they were doing. Now where did they learn this from? Where did they get this from? What happened? So we know, that when they came into Mitzrayim, the Yochum, Melech, Chodosh, Al-Mitzrayim, a brand new king, Tup Shatimah, Shebim, Saita, wasn't really a new king, He just made himself the Layadas Yosef. He knew Yosef. He didn't want to. He wasn't interested. He wasn't interested. And you have to understand, you know, we're talking about a ruler of the most powerful nation of the world, a midget, going to Chazal, an Amr by an Amr. Everything that came his way was because of Yosef Batsatik. Yosef was the one that understood the business mind. You've got to put things away. You've got to store things in order that we'll have food and everyone will come to us. And that's what happened. The entire success of Mitzrayim, was because of Yosef HaTzadik. And here, all of a sudden, Parah is no longer interested. Who's Yosef? <laughs> I don't even know who Yosef is. Chazal tell us, kol but b'toibosah shall have if you deny, you don't appreciate, the toibah that your friend did to you, soifai, says Chazal, you'll be koifei but shal You'll be koifei in everything that the Rabboni gives you. This was Parah. Avas he loved himself. Everything was about me. Yosef, who's Yosef? Who? What's Yosef got to do with anything? It's about me. Avas he loved himself. Yeah, Yosef did it, but I don't need him anymore. Now I'm okay, I'm on my own two feet. I don't need him. I forgot all about the guy that helped me. Because now I can manage myself. Avas he loved himself. And that was Pari. Klali saw so came to Mitzrayim. The Yalkut And Medrash tells us, they started learning from the Goyim. They started learning from the Mitzvah. In fact, the Chazal takes it a step further. The Medrash says that they stopped learning Torah. Not only did they stop learning Torah, they were disgusted by the Torah, Chazal tell us. They were learning from the Goyim. They were being over that By the Zorah, what was going on? Where did they learn this from? They learned this from Paran. Everything's about me. Everything's about myself. And that's where Lush and horror kicked in. Lush and horror kicked in. Now you see someone be successful. See a guy. Oh, another in yeshiva. Ah, steiging. Unbelievable. This guy is steiging. Uh, you don't know what he did last night. Because you've got to put him down. Because he's being successful. So if I put him down, I become better than him. Because I just put him down. There's is a guy who's doing well in business. Ah, oh, he doesn't do anything correctly. Cheats a little bit. Because the first thing we do as a mechanism to make ourselves better... Is put somebody else down. Because we ultimately want to rise above everybody else about the Avas Atzmai. That's what Klaal Yisrael saw in Mitzrayim from Parai, and that's what happened over there, and that's what Lashon Horah kicked in. Lashon Horah is about let's put him down so I become better. That's what it is. Moshe Abeinu comes to Dossen Barin and says, hey, what's going on? Why are you hitting your fellow friend? What do they answer? Who made you in charge? We're in charge. It's about me. It's about, what well, I decide. And this is what caused the goddess. This is what caused Kali Yisrael to go in Mitzrayim further and further and further, deeper and deeper down, away from the Rabbi line. The Avas Aks, my Rabbi you cannot be an Ebed Hashem. An Hashem is not someone that loves himself. According to this, maybe we understand a little bit of why Dafka Moshe Rabbeinu. Why Moshe Rabbeinu? What did Moshe Rabbeinu do to deserve taking Klai Yisrael out of Mitzrayim? Incredible. What a schoss. It went to be Aaron. He did it. What's the pshat? The answer is there was no one that had this midah more than Moshe Rabbeinu. You know there's a chazal. Medrash and Shemesh Rabba, Famous chazal. that here you've got power, the most powerful king. He made Xerah. That every single male should be thrown into the Nile. So that maybe the one that we saw. i the astronomers that's going to say this nation is not going to live. And here he's got a little boy. Little Moses on his knee. And he's playing with Pharaoh. Because I'll tell us this in the Medrash. My Pharaoh's got my a This is him. This is the one that you worked so hard to make sure didn't exist. And died. And didn't you know, keep going. So that he wouldn't take out Claudius' Yisroh. And Pharaoh didn't even really realize he's sitting on his knee. He's sitting on his knee. And what happened one day, says the Medrash, Moshe Abein was messing around. He's sitting on Parah's knee, he takes Parah's crown and he puts it on his own head. Everybody's like, Whoa. Miri the Malchus! He's rebelling against the king! He just took the king's crown! They came to Parah and said, Chayv Misa, he has to die. Parah's like, He's a kid. He's a little kid, three years old, four years old, five years old. What does he understand? A crown on my head, a crown here it's a shiny gold thing. What does he know? He said, you know what, let's do a test. We'll do a test, we'll take a tray. And we'll put on it some boiling hot red coals. And then we'll also put some nice shining diamonds. And we'll see which one he picks. And through that, we will decide whether he has das or not. So Moshe Rabbeinu is there. And this is the ultimate test. And his hand goes towards the diamonds. And a malach comes and pushes his arm towards the coals. He takes the coal, he puts it to his mouth, and he burns his lip. And that's his speech problem that he has for the rest of his life. We know he wasn't able to speak so well, and it was because of that. And the question is all right, Beseda. Bala pushed him, he took the coal to show us if I don't know the difference and he saved the day. He wasn't Chayat Misa, wonderful. But why is it that he had to have that permanent mark with him for the rest of his life? And the pshat maybe is because Reishu Rabbeinu, you grew up in the palace, you grew up with kings, you grew up with riches, you grew up with everything you wanted. Always remember, that might not be your tachlis. Your tachlis might be to save Klal Your tachas might be to look out for somebody else, even if it's hot, even dirty, if it's not exactly so comfortable, it doesn't make a difference. That's your tachas. The voice, the Torah tells us, and he went to look what other people did. He didn't just look at them, he felt their pain, he felt clearly suffering. He didn't just look from the palace and say, Oh, wow. Oh, these Hebrews are working hard. wow I'll go back to my comfortable air-conditioned cushion in the palace. He went out there, and not only did he see, as Rashi tells us, he gave his heart to understand their suffering. Moshe Rabbeinu was exactly the opposite of Avasatzmai. Avasatzmai is everything about me. Moshe Rabbeinu says, "What can I do for somebody else?" There was a big Rosh Hashiva this was Shiva once went to an inn and he said I need a room for the night I'm traveling, it's late at night, I need to rest a little bit and the innkeeper said oh no problem gave him a room in the middle of the night he hears noises singing and dancing from the room <laughs> oh, this Roshiba, this Rabbi I guess he took a little bit of, a, bit of a vodka before he went to bed to you know calm himself down you know, singing and dancing hey oh, cute, he sees the Rabbi the next morning he says hi Rabbi enjoyed yourself last night he said, what do you mean? I said, oh, come on, I had the singing, the dancing. How much alcohol did you have? He said, what are you talking about? He said, last night I had a chasna of one of my talmidim that I wasn't able to be present. It was far away, I wasn't able to travel there. I wanted to be besamech the chasna. I couldn't do it in front of him, but I was b'sameach myself. And through that, hopefully the, the chasna will be Bisemcha. He felt somebody else's happiness. Rabbi I said, let me ask you a question. When was the last time? something happy happened to one of your friends and you were really happy. You were really happy. It really gave you a simcha. When was the last time that ever happened? You know, so imagine you hear, Oh, this guy, you heard him, see him a shas. Wow. See him da me Beautiful. Somebody pipes up. He did it with the art scroll. Right? Oh, big deal. Why, why are you not happy for somebody else? Why, not, why is somebody else's simcha not your simcha? The answer is... The Abbas Atsumoi kicks in. And the truth is, I don't know if we're really to blame. We're living in a generation where everything's about me. I mean, you just love, you mentioned this before, you look at technology. You've got the iPhone. You used to have the iPod. Everything's about me. Everything's about I. Even the Wii machine. W-I-I. It's all about me, right? That's what they're telling us to do. They're telling us everything's about me. It's not about somebody else. And if we realize that that's what brought the geula, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu, that was the Midah that he had to bring the Ga'ula, that is the Midah that we have to work on ourselves. Not the Avas Atzmoy, but to put our Liboy, not just to see someone else's pain or see someone else's suffering, but to actually feel it, it should be real. There's a Mordek Mesha Chokhma, parshas noach. The Meshachachma says there are two ways, there are two Mahalchim to serve the Rabbeinu Shalala. Says the Meshachachma number one, you can close yourself in a room, lock yourself up with gemaras and Shas and Rishonim and sit and learn. Unbelievable. Or another option. You can go out to the Klal, you can go out to people and you can help other people. Which one is greater? Which one goes higher? So we would have said that the Meshachachma the person who sits in the room sitting and learning, wow, he's going to gain the most. It's incredible. He's sitting and learning and learning. He so says, the the from Meshachach, which we're not going into now, the Raya, he says, no, that person that goes out and helps somebody else might think that he's losing out. I'm not in the Bishmash, I'm not learning, I'm not being, Avodis Hashem. No, no, when you help somebody else, ultimately, you gain yourself. want to say, Rebelski's Rabelskisky'ssar when he was in the hospital. he was ill, he was very, very weak. He was suffering towards the end of his life, he was in the hospital, and they said to him, "The nurses said to me, no, I think you should possibly move hospitals. There's better care, there's better you know options, there's better medical situations in this other hospital. I think you should move hospitals." And Rebelsky, who was very, very weak, said, "No, I don't want to move hospitals, because if I move hospitals, the doctors." In this hospital, it's going to get very upset. As if we're not good enough. Oh, you have to go to the other hospital. We're not good enough. And they're going to get upset. I don't want to do that to them. As, just, not as soon after that, whatever, it was a few minutes, an hour, whatever. Something happened with his heart. Had a heart attack. And only because he was in the hospital at that moment were they able to save his life. And after they realized, wow. If he would have moved hospitals, he would have been in the middle of traveling in an ambulance, they wouldn't have been equipped properly, who knows what would have happened. But because he thought about somebody else, he thought about how someone else can suffer by his action, he decided, I'm not going to do that. And that's an unbelievable thing. Rub Chaim, Isaac Rizinski, Rabbi Sa'i, unbelievable myself, you sees for from the G'dayli Yisrael, how they live this. It was in their blood, it was in every one of their veins. Reb Chaim Oizah, the God of Lador. Somebody, he was with Al-Tamidim, they were surrounding him, somewhere in the street, it was freezing, it was snowing. And a he heard a young boy comes over and he had trouble articulating the words. He couldn't say the words properly, maybe he was embarrassed, maybe it was hard for him to speak. And he asked Reb Chaim how to get to a certain place. And Reb Chaim said, come, I'll show you how to get there. And here's the God Ladur, an old man, with all his Talmudim, takes a detour for 25 minutes down the road, shows this young man where to go, and comes back. And when he drops the guy off, the Talmidim, he says, Rebbe, you, you, could have, you could have showed him where it is, tell him, go right, go left. What is it go there for? And he said, a He said, could you imagine if I would have told him, go left, go right, you know, and ask again. And as they say many times. He would have had to embarrass himself again to ask someone else. And it was so hard for him to ask the first time. I didn't want to put him through that. So he put himself out for somebody else. I want to tell you, this is such a gewalda gemaysa, but it shows you how the gedolim worked on this. And everything in their life was not about them. It was about somebody else. The Chobetz Chaim, a wealthy man, came into the Chobetz Chaim and said, "Rebbe, I brought you a present. I don't need your no presents don't give me anything he said no Rebbe you have to have this it's a pair of fur lined gloves beautiful gloves gorgeous gloves he put it on it's so warm and in radon it was freezing I said, please I don't need no presents I don't want it I'm not interested and the rich man insisted and he took them Chobet had them with him he was on the train and he was wearing them and he went to open the window of the train in order to get some fresh air he opens the window and his glove gets caught. And as he tries to get it off, tries to, tries to pull it out, it flies through the window. He lost his glove. Without even thinking more than a second, he quickly took off the other glove and he threw it through the window. He said, what, what, did you, what was that all about? He said, some poor person is going to come past the train tracks and he's going to see a glove, one glove, on the floor and he's going to say wow and i would have the other one he said what am I going to do with one glove anyway let him have two gloves you know what that is that's putting inside your blood thinking about somebody else not all is about yourself the midah of Moshe Rabbeinu why Moshe Rabbeinu was eager to take Adam Mitzrayim is because he had this midah as Lashi told us he took himself out of himself and he looked but he Felt somebody else's pain. That was the midah of Moshe Rabbeinu. And that's the midah that took Kalal Yisrael ultimately out of where they were and brought the ge'ula. And if we use this midah, if we use this midah of thinking about not only ourselves, but we think about somebody else, what we can do for them, they're going through a hard time. Rabbi Yisrael will be able to bring the That is Hashem ourselves.